Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the films playing at International Cinema at Brigham Young University. This podcast is for week six of BYU's winter semester 2022. I'm Mark Olivier, co-director of International Cinema, and I'm joined today by Lita Little-Giddens. Lita is a truth seeker and a truth teller. She is assistant dean for the College of Diversity, Collaboration, and Inclusion in BYU's College of Family, Home, and Social Sciences. Lita earned BA and MS degrees from Brigham Young University. She's a gifted performer who has been in numerous productions for stage and screen. And she has played the role of pioneer Jane Manning in Jane Manning James, Your Sister in the Gospel. And you will see her playing the role of Jane Manning in the film His Name is Green Flake, which we will be showing at International Cinema next week. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Summer of Soul with me today, Lita. You're welcome. And let me just (laughs) correct. I'm Assistant Dean for Diversity, Collaboration, Inclusion for the college. I wish they had a College of Family (laughs) Diversity, Collaboration, Inclusion, but it's for Diversity, Collaboration, Inclusion for the college. Oh, yeah, for the college. Mm -hmm. That's just my title. And that's the work I do. Okay, there you go. I stand corrected. (laughs) So let me just set the scene about Summer of Soul. I saw Summer of Soul at Sundance in 2021, where it got both the Audience Award and the Grand Jury Prize. It was Questlove's first film. And it's a documentary that The Guardian, who gave it a five-star review, said that it might be the best concert film ever. I think it's amazing. It covers the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, which took place over a six-week period Mm -hmm. on weekends in Mount Morris Park. And more than 300,000 people attended. And yet, where I want to go to first is, the film begins with this question, so do you remember the Harlem Cultural Festival, the summer of 1969? And my answer, and a lot of people, I think, would have been, no, I I don't. I'd never heard of it until this film. I've heard of Woodstock, Mm -hmm. which happened the same year, 100 miles away. Everybody's heard of that. So I guess my question is, had you heard of it? And, and why, do you, why do you think that is? Okay, so I watched it. I remember when I saw the advertisement, I thought, oh my gosh. First of all, I love Questlove. And I thought, that is so wonderful. That is so cool. Look at our people up there, right? Uh-huh. And then I watched it with my daughter, Camlin. And our question was, where has this been? I don't remember that Hank Aaron like beat the record for, you know, Babe Ruth, Uh but you heard about it, right? Right. And I don't remember anything about Muhammad Ali getting those three heavyweight championships, Uh but you heard about it. Mm -hmm. But this and what it contained, I thought, oh my gosh, there was something up that this was tucked away. Where it was, I don't know. But the history there and the power there, I, I just was elated, but at the same time, frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so what is up with that? Right. So you might think, oh, maybe they didn't record it. And that's why oh, we don't have a record of it. But no, there were hours. 40, 40 hours of footage sitting in a basement yeah. for 50 years. Yeah. And now, uh, apparently, there were some clips that were that made their way, you know, just a few little bits mm-hmm. in a show on CBS or NBC. But you know, that's like your news story of the night kind of thing. Right. There, it's it's really not that much. Yeah. So 
this really shows in a lot of ways how much knowledge we have to recuperate, how much history there is that that we don't we don't even know about, Amen. even though it was so impactful. Amen. Absolutely. And so, yeah, why did we only get little snippets? Why was it in this location for this gold mine? You know, and I just think it's it's so indicative of history. You know, mm-hmm. the, the contributions that these amazing people had and their brilliance and and their culture and and the whole purpose of of this gathering, weekly gatherings, you know, six weeks to bring these people together so they can be unified, you know, and mm-hmm. not go out and harm themselves mm-hmm. by by being harmed because of the violence that was going on. Yeah. I just think it was such a bold and beautiful and Christ-like movement for, you know, activism, you know? It, it That's is. What I be- let's yeah. protect our people. Let's be unified. Let's come together and lift each other up and remember who we are. Yeah. That's what I love. You know, you you mentioned the how this is an alternative to a potentially violence that you know violent that might occur. One of the attendees says in the in the documentary, I always related summertime to the potential for violence. There was definitely a climate at the time. Oh, so um, much loss. Yeah, you know, like what are what are some of the problems that happen that maybe people aren't even super aware of? Okay, so I'm going to tell you the story. In terms of loss, okay, so again, Edgar Evers, Evers was gone. And then, you know, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, you know, Bobby Kennedy. And and they were really huge symbols of hope. Yeah. So my own mother told me after all of that, you know, because they were looking to them. I'm just emotional about this because of things that are going on with my mom, you know, and just the the impact that this time the civil rights has on her today. But she told me that after all of that loss, Uh she quit voting. She lost hope. Hmm. She lost. So there was that, there was so much loss when they were just looking to these people to, to, to have some type of a deliverance from the life of being black. Mm-hmm. You know, and what that has done historically. So I I just love that the spirit of this was to reinstitute uh-huh. kind of like that hope. Yeah. And yeah. and to put out a call, you know, that we ain't done, you mm-hmm. know, and we ain't gonna stay down. Yeah. Let's use our gifts. Let's use this tool that is so unifying our music to bring us to a place where we can keep walking and keep stepping. Yeah. It's so interesting that, for example, the Republican mayor signed off on this. Brother John. Yes. And he, I mean, it was it was amazing. In fact, the the MC of the event says, you know, I'm going to have him sing. He's going to, you know, I mean, he he didn't, but <laughs> he, he got nervous for a minute. Yeah, and um, you know, but the city didn't provide enough security, so the Black Panthers stepped in and provided security. Yeah, and it's kind of just for me, it's like, oh, this community 
of people coming together to make this a good event and a safe event. And I think, and I just you know, yeah. interject right there, that's why Brother John was welcomed yeah. into the community because he built relationships. Yeah, he was on the street with people. Oh, like, they yeah. knew him. Yeah, so getting proximate is huge uh-huh. for people of color and just had integrity and had their backs and kind of showed up when he needed to show up yeah. and be where he needed to be so yeah. they could trust that, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that really stands out, and I know that this fits with who you are as a performer, is the way that ministering happens through music in the festival. And just this combination of all sorts of musical styles. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like you've already said, it's it's uplifting, it's uplifting people. Mm -hmm. But how does that, how does that work? How, you know, in, in what ways do you see this as a form of preaching and ministering to this 300,000 attendees. I believe that whenever we get an opportunity to tell our story, Mm -hmm. and I, I, I wouldn't even say preaching, it's just telling the story of truth and making those connections. I believe that ministering is there because that's part of, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I, I, I kind of wish that that was more understood. Uh-huh. And that was, again, the rallying call. Let's get together so we can minister, or in other words, so we can tell our stories because that's where healing starts. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that this was really brilliantly constructed, you know, orchestrated. And production aspects and... The the Panthers and everything that was in place was so, I think, divinely calculated yeah. for it to yeah. succeed. And I have to say, I believe just God was in all of that. Yeah. I really oh, yeah. do. If, so I if mean, we're going to talk about ministry, let's yeah. talk about God being in that. So that could even happen with so many Black people like that. Yeah. A standout moment for me is when Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton says, we didn't know anything about therapists, but we knew Mahalia Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, there's this great moment where a young Mavis Staples says that Mahalia Jackson said, I don't feel so great. Why don't you help me on this song? Mm-hmm. And they sing Martin Luther King Jr.'s favorite song, Precious Lord. And I just feel like this moment seems like it's a moment of, Deep spirituality of almost like helping, Testimony. Uh, helping yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? In the black culture, again, the call and response, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I'm going to tell my story and then you respond to acknowledge that you, I hear you, right. Uh-huh. Or I'm with you. I'm in it. Right. That was the beauty of this icon, you know, Mahalia talking to her sister, you know, knowing that you're going to have me on back, right? You're going to cover me, uh-huh. right? And they just stood up there and testified. And again, in a moment of loss, because Mahalia was really close to Martin Luther King Jr., right? And he hadn't been, that loss happened. It was Not only that, a year right? earlier. That, yeah. So, so I, I think there was a lot of trauma and healing that needed to occur. And for, again, Mahalia to just be vulnerable and say, I'm not feeling the great, you know, 
even though she is Mahalia Jackson. Yeah. But you can stand with me, right? Yeah. And we can do this together. And then when she does, and after Mavis Staples has performed a lot, Mm -hmm. she takes the mic and it's like amazing. Like Uh, she does not sound like she's under the weather. At all, because that's what the spirit does, right? Uh The spirit that kind of gave her health and her navel and marrow and her bones, right? Yeah. And strengthen those vocal cords. But then at the end, she gives the mic back. Yeah. To Mavis. Uh-huh. And it's then beautiful. walks away. Yeah. Right? It's so beautiful. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is, this just in this musical performance, you see supporting each other, uplifting each other, yeah. and kind of having the power of two witnesses, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's beautiful. You know? Yes. And then no one to step away and then let someone else finish their story. Because yeah. I've said all that I need to say. So you go now and you, you finish. Uh-huh. Because whatever you're going to say, I'm going to be with you in it. Yeah. 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 Well, there are so many amazing performances in this. Mm-hmm. This is why it's, I, I can't even believe that it's they just so sat in a basement. Blowing. It's like, what? <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. You've got, okay, just to name a few, yeah. this is not exhaustive. B.B. King, Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight and the Pips, mm-hmm. who, oh my gosh, I love the choreography. Yeah. Mavis Staples, Mahalia Jackson, Nina Simone, The Fifth Dimension, the Edwin Hawkins singers with Shirley Miller. Pop Staples and the Staples Singers, David Ruffin, um, Sly and the Family Stone. Mm -hmm. Then they have maybe lesser known people from Cuba, from different, you know, dancers. Mm -hmm. They had Mm -hmm. comedians. Are there any favorites that you had watching it? As I sat there with my daughter, I I truly, I have an older sister and she's seven years older than I am. Uh And I said to my daughter, I'm so grateful for Diddy because she introduced me to like these people uh-huh. and just, I remember it being in our homes and I'm singing the words because my, my sister was in a band. And so she would learn a lot of this music and uh-huh. sing it. She had a beautiful voice. So over and over again, she would just have to, you know, play it so she could remember. And I stood in gratitude to my, my big sister just saying, I, I just didn't know how blessed I was, uh-huh. you know, to, to, be singing along and Camlin smiling. I thought, oh my gosh, it just was one of those core memories of, of my black family. Yeah. And that connection. And what stood out to me, Gladys is great because people from the time I was a little girl saying, do you know who you look like? You look like Gladys Knight. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I've been hearing that since I was small. Well, and you have performed with Gladys Knight. I did. Like, I, just tell us a little bit about that. I know that's not there, but you know, like you have the, there's a personal relationship there. Well, prior to that, yeah, I was in a performance and she shortly joined the church and, and people from the church office building in Salt Lake brought her to my performance to say, look, see, there's a black person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, no. but anyway, and it was cool. Uh-huh. But at the 40th anniversary of the priesthood being restored to all worthy men. Uh-huh. I was a part of her choir nice. that we performed in the conference center and rehearsal after rehearsal, right? Going to Salt Lake because she's leading this choir. I learned, goodness, she's just so meticulous, yeah. you know, about how things need to be done and why things need to be done, uh-huh. right? And then when we did that performance, just the spirit that was just so tangible, you know, you yeah. could feel it. But yeah, she she is quite the legend. Uh-huh. And being able to witness her up close, you know, again, getting proximate really just made a difference. It's like, you go ahead, Gladys. 
Okay, but so, but yeah. one of the ones too, and that's Gladys, uh-huh. bless her, that I truly I took notes on uh-huh. was Nina Simone. Oh, that's one of my favorites, too. Nina Simone, I said, she looked like an African princess. She did. She has such focus. She entered that stage because she had something to say, and she didn't have to say anything because her body said, I am here to tell you something. And then she says, listen to me, Black people. Listen Mm -hmm. to me, right? And then the expectation is like, you're going to listen. Yeah. And then she takes them on this journey. She was rooted in such groundedness of her Blackness that I stood there with my mouth open. I didn't even sit during the time as I watched it. I I was up on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sitting on the couch. I was standing up and rocking and just feeling it. And then she's like, I says, look at her. Uh Uh-huh. She commanded that stage. Yeah. Even when, so she performed first at the piano and doing um, Young, Gifted, and Mm -hmm. Black. Yeah. And she even sitting down at the piano yeah. just was iconic. Yeah. And, you know, you can have so many people there and yet she completely commanded it. And then when she got up and mm-hmm. did that to sort of a musical beat, like poetry uh-huh. recitation and just kind of riffing on that. Right. It was so inspiring. Right. Yeah. And the command of the stage, such command of the stage because she had command of who she was. That's what I was just blown away by. Yeah. She had a command of who she was and her purpose there and our purpose as a people. And I thought, oh, girl. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One part that really struck me, what, what I love about what Questlove did in selecting the footage and in putting this all together, what makes it, I think, when The Guardian says this is the best concert documentary ever is because he cuts in the life outside of the concert in ways that are relevant. So for example, the moon landing Uh happened that very summer. It happened during that time. So you've got on stage people singing about landing on the moon. Mm -hmm. You've got comedians talking about the moon. And then you've got interviews with white people talking about what it means to them, interviews with black people saying, how about you spend some of that money on our community in right. Harlem? Right. How much did you spend on that? You know, and what what yeah. what do we care about what's happening on the moon uh-huh. when there's so much again, all of this loss and things that have happened prior to so much loss and things that have happened that you're not paying attention to. Yeah. You know, and then we're living, you know, in these hard economic situations, you know, and we're struggling and yeah. we're constantly struggling in our employment, all of those things. Yeah, who cares about that? <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was really powerful to just say, yeah. see people interviewed on the street and say, yeah, what do I care yeah. about the moon landing? What does that do for me? Exactly. We don't have money. We're having a heroin epidemic mm-hmm. that it doesn't have resources to be treated. Yeah. We have all these, you know, where's the security? We're providing our own it's security just, for exactly. this concert. And, you know? and for me, I just thought, you know, that's, that's a really amazing commentary again on history. Yeah. And the perspectives, you know, who writes it, Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. so that's important. So whoever are those people that are writing the history, they get to write that, you uh-huh. know, and then we get to read about it and we get to learn about it. Or these aren't the things we're going to write and we don't get to learn about it. You uh-huh. know? So that's, that's what is amazing to me. I just look at that. That's the history that they pulled up as like, this is important. Yeah. And this is not important. And that's what we're saying. And that's why history is, again, this is so beautiful 
and and frustrating at the same time because this is history that people didn't think was important. Uh huh. So. There, I'm not going to remember the how this is, is exactly quoted, but there was a comedian who said something about that she was going for a ride to the moon, but she got off at Baltimore. That was Miles Mabley. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and everybody just erupted into yeah. laughter. Yeah. And that was so such a great like juxtaposition of here's what's relevant mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. These are the travels that I take. And, you know, mm -hmm. the moon. And yeah. Miles Mabley was she's a, she was I don't know how old she was, but she's 80. She wasn't older. Like yeah. she's lived she had lived a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah, but to joke about it, but the relevancy of that, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we go back to the kind of the, to the question that there is at the beginning, you know, about who remembers the Harlem Film Festival and what that means and what does and what it means to be recuperated and celebrated. And, you know, why is this important for international cinema moviegoers to go see? What do you think that, you know, how, how do you think that will enrich them? Yes. And I do pray they go see this. And got to watch it more than once, I believe, you know, uh -huh. it's kind of symbolic of this being hidden uh -huh. for 40 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's so much history, as I just talked about, you know, even the church kind of hidden for hundreds plus years. Yeah. In you know, history of our nation for 400 plus years. Right. And if you don't learn about it, if you don't know about it, then you are not able to create a community of equity. And uh -huh. that's kind of what they were trying to do, right? Just Pan-Africanism. Let's just everybody come together, you know, that we have this thing in common and celebrate it, you know, uh -huh. and let's bring that community together. But I think it's just saying, take time and understand the value of seeking out those things that could be hidden because it connects to you. I used to do a lot of black history. Happy black history month, y'all. Yeah. Uh, black history stuff where I used to work. And I say, you know, America is you. Black history is you. Uh -huh. So let's unveil those things. Let's have them revealed to us that have been hidden or that have been tucked away that might make you a bit uncomfortable or maybe a lot uncomfortable. But for me, it's the invitation. Yeah. It's the invitation to do something about it. Mm -hmm. When you're uncomfortable, the spirit is inviting you to do something, to learn something, mm -hmm. to grow mm -hmm. and to rise up. So I would hope that people would approach this openly, you know, in their minds and in their hearts, because they will definitely benefit from learning these perspectives and the brilliance and the beauty of these gifts from these black brothers and sisters. Yeah. You will leave better uh -huh. if you come with that openness. And I just think, you know, again, why come forth now? Right. Because it's needed, right? It's the moment for this. To, yeah. yeah, the Lord is. is saying it is time. The gathering is the most important work. The Lord's prophet, uh -huh. the Lord through his prophet said, you know, this is a great cause. And I believe this, this right here, this, Summer of Soul uh -huh. that was hidden is a part of the gathering. It's kind of like the Book of Mormon coming from the ground. This came from a basement saying, look at these <laughs> people that. too. Right? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. unearthed. It's, it's there. And yeah. you know, the thing for me is like, when you see it and you're like, how did I not know? Mm -hmm. How did I not see? 
you realize that this isn't just, you know, I think sometimes people think of digging up the past, maybe in a negative light. Some people think, oh, like you said, uh, it's going to make me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and some, we need to be able to be uncomfortable, but also what you realize is how much you're missing and that like the joy and the celebration of that, that enriches my life. I mm-hmm. see that and it makes me want to go. Let's find this on iTunes, like I Apple Music or whatever. Let's look this up and listen to the music more, you know. Forget about this. I mean, some of them I'm like, wow, okay. I didn't know that performer. I didn't know his work and now yeah. I want to go and and learn more about it. So, Absolutely. I, you know. And and how much of this influence is in the music we're listening to? Yeah. It has influenced music across the world. Yeah. 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 Because where did it come from? And then again, the the rhythms and the guy, but they are benefiting from it without knowing that they're benefiting from it, but learn about them and and learn about culture, learn about why gospel was so important, learn about why drums are important. Learn again, as Questlove is is jamming back. What does that all have to do with this? Right. Yeah. And how can we connect more as a people, as God's people, with this information? Yeah. Because the scriptures say, you know, we're to learn things above the earth and in the earth and and beneath the earth, right? Uh-huh. And, and and we're supposed to have all of these things that will help to make us better children of God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's an awesome note to end on. <laughs> I love that message. I I thank you so much for taking the time to meet and discuss this. And I really hope that our listeners will take the time to come see it. It's amazing to see on a big screen. Please come more. see it. Yes, so good. do it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Lita. You're welcome, Mark. <laughs> love you, my brother. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us today on From the Booth. This podcast is produced by International Cinema Program at BYU and supported by the BYU College of Humanities. We are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here as they do not represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. We thank our producer, Devin Glenn, our sound engineer, Marina Hagstrom-Pratt, and Johnny Stallings, who composed our podcast soundtrack. Visit ic.byu.edu for upcoming films and showtimes. Until next week, keep seeing great international movies.